You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Coming up, this is your NFL Free Agency Week 1 Roundup. Going to take you through all of the big moves that happened with the Philadelphia Eagles this week and around the NFL. We'll keep an eye on our enemies and see what they have been doing, both in the NFC East and around the league, and give uh, some thoughts on winners and losers here so far through one week of free agency after we talk about the birds just a little bit here on this episode of the podcast. Before we jump into the guts of what we're going to discuss today, however, BleedingGreenNation.com, man, we have been kicking out the content left and right because it has been such a busy week. So all the latest news, analysis, film breakdowns, and everything else. You can find all that at BleedingGreenNation.com. And, of course, we've got lots of different podcasts for you here on the feed that can hold your hand and take you through everything that's going on right now in the NFL and with the and with the Eagles uh, as we are in a very busy time. Lots of different numbers and contracts and everything else getting thrown around. So there is a lot to keep tabs on, and we have it all for you right there. So make sure you check us out every day. All right, what a week for Howie Roseman and the Eagles. We knew that the Eagles would be busy, but I think most of us believe that we would be busy in not such a good way. In fact, just like a lot of people leaving the team, we're expecting this exodus. You know, you've got all these free agents, and, and to be fair, a number of people who were on this team in 2022 that went to the Super Bowl that were big contributors during the course of an incredible regular season are gone. They're out the door. They're playing somewhere else, and we'll get to those names here in just a second. But I think it has surprised all of us watching and anticipating this this great exodus that the Eagles have actually been able to hold on to more guys and even bring people in from the outside than any of us could have expected. Uh, I, the big surprise, of course, the biggest shock is James Bradbury coming back. All of us thought that he was long gone. There's not a single Eagles analyst that thought James Bradbury was coming back because you cornerbacks, especially elite cornerbacks, get top dollar. And James Bradbury is a guy who uh, is uh, going to turn 30 very soon. He's on the uh, the latter stages of his 20s. And I think he still has a number of years in his prime left, at least two or three years left in his prime. It was uncertain whether or not the Eagles were going to be willing to dive into to a big money deal with Bradbury, given all of the other holes that they had on the roster. They're also paying Darius Slay a lot of money on the other side. And so the question is, can you pay big money to both of those cornerbacks and still pay big money to Jalen Hurts? And of course, we've said this before on the podcast, and most of you know this, of course, but if there is a an extension for Jalen Hurts coming in the next few weeks, the 
big cap hit won't start until 2024. There will be more of a cap hit in 2023 because there'll be a signing bonus and some of that will get assigned to this year. But uh, the, the massive Jalen Hurts cap hit doesn't come until next year. And I think the Eagles are setting themselves up so that if they do decide they want to move on from some of the contracts that they have signed here this year, they'll be able to do that in 2024. I think they are really trying to bring as much of the band back together here for one more big run at the Super Bowl in 2023. Now, this team's future is bright. They will be contenders in 24 and 25, and however long Jalen Hurts is under center and playing effective football. But bringing some of these guys back was was really key. And James Bradbury, you would have loved to have bring Javon Hargrave back, but... He, the Eagles got priced out of the Javon Hargrave sweepstakes. James Bradbury, we thought they would be priced out of that as well. But uh, Howie Roseman inks him to a three-year, $44 million deal. And it's clear he took less to come back to Philadelphia. He could have made more elsewhere. Uh, he, he got offers for more elsewhere. But as we have seen in other sports, as we have seen with this football team, Philadelphia is a place that people want to play. Philadelphia is a place that people want to come, whether it's in baseball, whether it's in basketball, or whether it's in football. Philadelphia is a place where players want to come and play and set down roots, and they will actually take a little bit less money in some cases to do it. James Bradbury, one of those players who took a little bit less money to come back to Philadelphia, a three-year, $44 million deal. He was a key player in, in last year's defense. Three interceptions, 17 pass breakups on the way to a Super Bowl, and really was the superior player to Darius Slay. Now, Slay oftentimes got matched up with the harder receiver, the, the other team's number one receiver, but uh, James Bradbury was more consistent during the course of the regular season. Again, neither of these guys got, big, got a ton of splash plays last year, but uh, Bradbury... One, I think, had the, the lowest passer rating when targeted in man-to-man coverage last year. That's how good James Bradbury was. A breakout season for him. He's always been good, but uh, last year you could have made the argument that he was a an all-pro player, uh, certainly a Pro Bowl player, and, and made the Pro Bowl. But what a, what an enormous signing to bring him back. Now, when, when this Bradbury signing came down, then we started hearing about Darius Slay seeking a trade. I think, okay, that, that's maybe probably just a negotiating tactic, but that that's not ideal. That's that's not what you want to hear. And it didn't seem like Darius Slay was finding a trade partner. And so then the reporting is that the Eagles are going to we're going to release Slay. When the season officially when the offseason, the new the new year officially began at four o'clock on Thursday. And Darius Slay himself and, and his wife on Twitter essentially were saying their goodbyes. That they they were leaving, they were they were out the door, but when four o'clock rolled around, the team never actually released Darius Slay, and I don't think any of us really took note of that until Thursday evening rolled around, and then you start to see the whispers at around ten thirty, eleven o'clock on Twitter. Yeah, all of a sudden, is he staying? Is he coming? They're going to rework his deal. They're going to rework his deal. He's coming back. He's coming back. And then Darius Slay gets on Twitter himself and says, "I'm coming back." And the Eagles do sign Darius Slay to an extension. I, it's 
It's surprising to say the least. Adam Schefter is saying the extension worth a total of $42 million over three years, which includes $23 million in guaranteed money. That's a $6 million raise from his original salary of for 2023, which was $17 million a year. Uh, so again, that's a bump. That's what he was looking for. He was also looking for another couple of years on the deal. Uh, the cap details, It's we're still trying to figure out exactly what those are, but Darius Slay had a $26.1 million million dollar cap hit in 2023 and now the Eagles will have some more room by being able to spread this money out over future seasons and Darius Slay gets uh gets the security that he wanted and Slay is still a good player Slay Slay has detra- has his detractors right and I know that the detractors are are out there big play Slay didn't make a whole lot of big plays last year not a whole lot of interceptions I get that you're hoping that Darius Lay had would have had more games like he did against Minnesota early in the season against Justin Jefferson. We remember that game where he was an animal, shutting down Justin Jefferson, guy everybody was terrified to play against. And Darius Slay shut him down that night. We didn't see many more evenings, many more games like that from Darius Slay during the course of the season. But I also do think offenses learned how to, well, they tried different things against the Eagles' defense. Now, the Eagles' defense was entirely predicated on the front four getting pressure, and and for most of the season, they did do that. But Jonathan Gannon's defense never forced quarterbacks, really, outside of a few games here and there, to throw the ball outside the numbers, to force the ball to those matchups, the wide receivers going up against Darius Slay and James Bradbury. And the defense that he wanted his players to play was so cautious and so averse to the big play, that runs counter to a cornerback who wants to make big plays. Asante Samuel could not have played in Jonathan Gannon's defense. He would not have fit in this defense because that's what he does. He was, he was a guy, he was a gambler. And you might give up the big play, when you do that. But you also can turn the game on its head. Making splash plays is how you win games in the NFL. But Jonathan Gannon's defense was so risk-averse that I think it neutered a lot of Darius Slay's big playability. Now, I don't know what we're going to get from Sean Desai, whether or not he's going to have a similar philosophy, if he's going to want his cornerbacks to play off as much as Darius Slay and James Bradbury did. I mean, I saw in the Super Bowl... Darius Slay, he was targeted four times and gave up a quarterback rating of 135. Okay, Patrick Mahomes targeted Darius Slay four times, four completions for a total of 30 yards. 30 yards, right? I mean, that's that's nothing, right? That's, that's seven yards per completion. That's nothing, because that's what Jonathan Gannon wanted. It played off so much. I think Darius Slay, I think the Eagles did not get nearly as much out of Slay as they could have because of the kind of defense they played against good quarterbacks or in games where the front four couldn't get to the quarterback. Quarterbacks could just sit and throw across the middle of the field all day long, just like Patrick Mahomes did in the Super Bowl. So I think if Sean Desai can utilize the cornerbacks, utilize this matchup advantage that they have, and not ignore it. It's a great, it's a great pair of signings. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Cornerback play is so important in the NFL in defense. So bringing back James Bradbury, if we're going to give grades to these moves, and for the money 
that you're paying Bradbury, that's an A signing any way you slice it. I think the Darius Slay extension, extension is a B. Um, I think the money is decent. You don't love the idea of giving a guy who's 31, 32 years old another two or three years, but Slay, I still think, can play at a high level, and I think with a different defensive coordinator can be an impact player. Uh, the Eagles also bringing back Fletcher Cox on a one-year $10 million deal, and I get it. You're losing... You're losing Javon Hargrave. You're probably losing Linval Joseph. Linval Joseph's not going to play a full season next year. He's going to come back probably in the middle of the season again. Wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles bring him back again in the middle of next season. Uh, you want to give more time to Milton Williams. You want Jordan Davis to take control of a job there. But you probably want to also bring back a veteran presence, Fletcher Cox. He was certainly not a dominant player last year. Many of his seven sacks that he got were a result of the defensive edge rushers crashing down and he's kind of cleaning up some of those some of those sacks but uh, he did play better last year in a more limited role and I understand bringing him back 10 million dollars is a lot of money on a one-year deal that's a lot of money for Fletcher Cox I think that's a c-minus grade for that I would have liked to have seen them maybe go out and get somebody who's a little bit younger for similar money or a little bit less money and maybe get similar production out of that player because you do still have your edge rushers next season. Brandon Graham comes back on a one-year $6 million deal, and there's just no world in which Brandon Graham should be making $4 million a year less than Fletcher Cox right now. Brandon Graham with 11 sacks last year. First time in his career he went double-digit sacks, and they were not lucky. They were not you know, he did not fall backwards into a lot of those sacks. Those are hustle sacks. In a, in a more limited role last year, it, suit him, it suited him perfectly. He took a huge hometown discount. He could have gone to Cleveland. He probably could have gone to Arizona, played for Jim Schwartz or Jonathan Gannon and made more money. But instead, he's an eagle for life. We know that Brandon Graham is going to be an eagle for life. I don't think he's ever going to wear another team's uniform. He's a beautiful man. That's an A-minus signing right there to bring back Brandon Graham on a one-year, $6 million deal. Uh, One of the biggest signings that we just really haven't talked that much about because I think we knew it was going to happen, but Jason Kelsey coming back, that's an A signing. One-year, $14 million deal. It's essentially the same amount of money that he made last year. Jason Kelsey, still an elite center, either the best center in football or certainly in the top three for what the Eagles do. Vital to this offense continuing to flow. It, it's going to be a huge thing to, for, for Jalen Hurts to know that he has Kelsey in front of him, paving the way once again in 2023. And I'm expecting similar production from Jason Kelsey. I mean, maybe that's unrealistic at this at this stage of his career with the age of Jason Kelsey being what it is. But he didn't show a sign of slowing down. And he'll tell you that he's different. He'll tell you that he can't do the same kinds of things that he used to do. But the results are there. Jason Kelsey coming back on a one-year $14 million deal. That is an A every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And now you can put Cam Jurgens in at guard. You don't have to worry about bringing back Isaac Sayamalu. Uh, Cam Jurgens needs to play. He has to get on the field, and he will next year as the right guard. This offensive line continues its uh, uh, continues to, to be, and it could be even better. I, I think Cam Jurgens could be a better player than Sayamalu. Sayamalu is very good. He, he became a very good player in this league, and I don't want to poo-poo anything Isaac Sayamalu did in an Eagles uniform. He has been fantastic. Cam Jurgens could be even better. He could be worse. (laughs) That's something. But the continuity on the offensive line is going to be really key, and bringing back Jason Kelsey is huge. Eagles also bringing back Boston Scott on a one-year deal. He's good for what he is. He's a good number three running back, and he's the guy you want to have under uh, behind, uh, uh, or at least to the side of Jalen Hurts in the backfield when you're playing the New York Giants. All right, let's take a look at some of the guys from the outside 
that the Eagles have brought in. Rashad Penny, uh, the former Seahawks running back, comes in on a one-year deal that could total $2 million with incentives, a super cheap addition. Uh, I don't know what role he's going to have, whether he's going to be getting the majority of the carries or whether it's Kenny Gainwell or whether they want to split those two guys up. If Gainwell's going to be the early down back or Penny's going to be the early down back or whatever it's going to be. But uh, Rashad Penny, when he has been healthy, has been one of the most effective running backs in the NFL. Had three straight 100-yard rushing performances late in 2021. He's averaged 5.7 yards per carry during his time in Seattle. But staying on the field has been a huge problem for Penny. But bringing him in on a one-year $2 million deal, it's low risk, high reward. Uh, If you're splitting time with Kenny Gainwell and you've got a mix of Boston Scott in there, and I would not be at all surprised if the Eagles spend a draft pick on a running back. I think the Eagles are going to trade down at the end of the first round or maybe even trade down with the number 10 and pick up another second-round pick or a third-round pick or a third and a fourth, whatever it happens to be, and grab a running back with one of those particular picks. But uh, Rashad Penny coming in on a one-year $2 million deal it's a prove-it deal for him. He's got to prove to stay he- he can stay healthy. But I very much like this signing. I gave this move a B for Howie Roseman. It's no cost. And, and the, the Eagles understand what a running back room in the modern NFL is supposed to look like, especially when you have a running quarterback in, in Jalen Hurts. But they just you don't allocate real money to running backs. You can, you can get together... A stable of running backs like Penny and Gainwell. Gainwell showed great improvement during the course of the season and especially in the playoffs. And Boston Scott is just reliable. You know what you're getting from Boston Scott. He's he's a decent player. And you're just you're not paying those guys anything. It's just a smart way to manage your roster when you know you want to spend money in more premium positions. Uh, I also like the Eagles going out and getting this guy, Greedy Williams, a low-risk, high-reward cornerback four, played for the Browns for the last couple of years. A lot of people talking about them getting him to be the slot safety so that they could move Avante Maddox, uh, pardon me, the slot corner, so they could move Avante Maddox to safety. I don't see that. I think he is just a, a depth piece that is in his mid twenties. They want they know they know they have an older group of starting cornerbacks in uh, Bradbury and Slay, and I think they want to bring Greedy Williams in as a guy who's twenty five. Uh, he's six foot two, so he's he's not going to be a slot corner. Uh, but I do think they want a guy that they can slide in at a starting cornerback position should Slay or Bradbury miss a little bit of time, and they can keep Avante Maddox in the slot. That's where Maddox has to play. Maddox should not be on the outside. He doesn't play well as an outside corner. My guess is that Greedy Williams will be the number four cornerback in this defense and that he would slide in in case there's an injury to Slay or to Bradbury and they keep Avante Maddox in the slot. And that's where he needs to be. I think I gave this grade a B as well. And the Eagles uh, had to get another backup quarterback with Gardner Minshew going to Indianapolis. So uh, they got they got a guy that everybody had been saying was a perfect fit or the right guy for this particular job. I liked the idea of Jacoby Brissett, but in, instead the Eagles go out and they get Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is finally an Eagle. Years after Chip Kelly and, and the Eagles desperately tried to trade up in the draft to get him uh, to be their starting quarterback and, and weren't able to do so. Instead, uh, going with uh, Nick Foles and eventually uh, Mark Sanchez for a little while there. That was kind of painful, but um, really having no choice, but not being able to get uh, the young running quarterback that Chip Kelly wanted for his offense. Instead, of course, he um, 
uh, where did he sign? Like, who, dra- who drafted Marcus Mariota? Was that C- was that Seattle? I get no, it wasn't Seattle. Uh, who drafted Marcus Mariota? Tennessee, obviously. T- the Tennessee Titans picked up M- Marcus Mariota. So of course, you know, Mar- Mariota can can run with the football. I think he gives the Eagles a little bit. It is definitely a Jalen Hurts, very, very light. <laughs> Jalen, I mean, we, we saw Marcus Mariota have a couple of good games last year for uh, for Atlanta, but uh, he also has some has some big negatives to his, his game. You're not pushing the ball down the field to A.J. Brown and uh, uh, and Devontae Smith uh, with, uh, with Marcus Mariota. He does not throw the deep ball well, but you can continue to run the RPO game with Mariota as a threat to tuck it and run. With if you, which if you have to lose Jalen Hurts for a game or two here and there, uh, Marcus Mariota is a, a good guy to have there. I give that grade a B. I, I think as far as a backup quarterback goes, uh, you, you're not going to do a whole lot better than having Marcus Mariota, and he is a better fit uh, than uh, than Gardner Minshew and and what he was giving you. Now, finally, before we move on from the Eagles, we got to ask what's going on with CJGJ because as of this recording here on Friday night, CJGJ is still a free agent. And I think what CJGJ is experiencing right now is that the market is not coming to him. The market is not moving in his direction. Um, there have been a number of safeties who have been who have been taken already here, uh, who have been signed. Uh, Jesse Bates got a big contract, and he's an elite player. He got $16 million, but um, you look at some of these other guys, uh, you know, just his fellow teammate Marcus Epps, but also Jordan Poyer going back to the Bills, uh, Julian Love leading the, leaving the Giants. You got Jimmy Ward, uh, Juan Thornhill, uh, Donovan Wilson, Von Bell, all these different safeties. None of them got more than like $8 million, $7, $8 million, and, and some of them with a floor of around $5 million, I think I saw was, was the number. So... If you're talking about CJGJ, maybe maybe he gets. But I mean, do you get more than Jordan Poyer if you're CJGJ? I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know that Gardner Johnson gets that. I mean, so I think Gardner Johnson was expecting a number closer to what Jesse Bates got, maybe like a twelve, thirteen million dollar a year deal. I don't think that's coming, and maybe Gardner Johnson just waits it out. But it may not be coming. Gardner Johnson may not get that kind of a deal. Um, and it might work out. I mean, he tweeted earlier in the week that something along the lines of the disrespect is real. And everybody wonders, of course, CJ GJ with his Twitter account is always a mystery. He's always tweeting cryptic things out. And you can never understand or never really know exactly what, what he's saying. But um, with that one, I think the indication seemed to be that he wasn't getting the money or the offers that he was hoping that he would get. And so, uh, I think the market might be shifting in the Eagles' direction. And can you imagine if they're able to go out and get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and bring him back at safety, bring back James Bradbury, and bring back some of the other guys that uh, that, that they have? Oh, man, uh, that that's incredible. Uh, that would be more than we could have ever hoped for in an offseason by Howie Roseman. And... Listen, you got to credit some of these players for taking some hometown discounts, but the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, I think, deserves a lot of credit, even for the defensive players. Players know, these Eagles players know what they have in Jalen Hurts, right? They know what they have in Jalen Hurts. They, they saw him during the course of the season in the locker room and on the field and what he did in the Super Bowl. They know they have a guy who can win the Super Bowl for them at quarterback. How many guys in this league can you say that about? How many guys in this league can you look at them and you can say, 
I know that we can win a Super Bowl with this guy. Right? How, how many guys are there? Five to seven, maybe? So, so it's a rare thing. And players want to play in Philadelphia because of that. So I know Gardner Johnson wants the money here in this case, and I, I think he'll get paid. But it's not going to be as much as he thought it was going to be. And there's a real good chance I think he comes back to Philadelphia. There's a real good chance Gardner Johnson comes back to Philly. So we'll see how it shakes out over the next few days. We might not find out for a little while. He, he might let his market play out. Uh, and I think the Eagles are okay with that because I think the Birds have done most of their free agency heavy lifting. I don't think there's a big linebacker that they're going out to get um, to to replace uh, uh, Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. We're going to talk about those moves here in just a second. Um, I don't know. They, they do need to add some linebackers. Um I don't I don't think they're going out and, and getting a big fish. There's not a whole lot of big fish left out there on the market anyway, and I, I don't think they're going to draft a linebacker super early. N'Kobe Dean last year is going to take one of those two spots, um, probably the Kaiser spot, although I guess he could play um, in the middle linebacker spot. But I, I don't think you should be looking at the Eagles going out and getting Bobby Wagner unless his price comes way down. Um Maybe they do if they trade back again. Maybe they do spend a second, another second or a third round pick. But I, I feel like you got to go out and you got to get a guy who who you know can play. And I would imagine that during the course of the offseason, again, we're just one week into this offseason, more linebackers will shake off the vine and they'll be available. And, and you know, who knows? Who knows what the Eagles might be able to do if, if, if some other contracts can get you know restructured a little bit i know there's probably going to be a lane johnson restructuring and um there's some other financial tricks that howie roseman can use uh, to get a little bit more money to go out and, and spend a little bit more on a linebacker because i, I don't think you want to start nicobe dean and another rookie they, they need to get a veteran to play next to nicobe dean they they and and you can't just i i still don't think this team values the linebacker position enough especially if you're going to allow that much action over the middle of the field. I'm thinking you want some real good linebackers, some guys who can actually cover guys well. Um, you know, TJ Edwards, for, for all of his many wonderful traits, wasn't that great in coverage. And what the Eagles defense traditionally under Gannon did was ask those guys to do that. Again, we'll have to see what the de- defense will look like with Sean Desai. But uh, we all are kind of waiting now for the for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and uh, where he will end up. And all of us, of course, hoping that he will end up back in Philadelphia. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at the key NFC East transactions from week one of free agency. And then we'll go around the NFL and talk about some of the other major moves that went down. All of that good stuff coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back with Eye on the Enemy. So let's take a look at some of the key transactions from inside the division. I know the guys on the NFC East mixtape covered some of these, but uh, it's been a few days since they recorded and some additional news has come out. So let's get you fully up to date here as of Saturday morning on all of the big moves made by Dallas, New York, and Washington. And we will, of course, start with the Eagles' main rivals, the Cowboys, their biggest rivals, the Cowboys, and one of the first things they did was give the franchise tag to a running back, which was a very popular move among some NFL teams this year, tagging Tony Pollard and releasing Ezekiel Elliott, the end of an era. This is good news for the Eagles because as much as Elliott has lost a step, he still gave the Eagles fits whenever they used to play. For whatever reason, Elliott saved his best for games against Philadelphia, and Let's see where he ends up. Maybe that will happen again. But uh, I think it's it's good news that the Cowboys released Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, there's going to be some dead cap money there, obviously. But uh, Tony Pollard was the guy that they needed to keep. And they really couldn't keep both of those guys. It was time to move on. And so Dallas tags Tony Pollard. He's coming back. Biggest move of the week for Dallas was, of course, trading for Stephon Gilmore. T- pairing him up with Trayvon Diggs in the secondary gives them a very good cornerback duo. Uh, Stephon Gilmore... Uh, was in, had a better season uh, in 2022 uh, than he had in previous seasons. Seasons, And, you know, you can ask the question, which is the better duo, Gilmore and Diggs or Slay and Bradbury? And I think the, I think the, uh, the pair of Slay and Bradbury have more upside and are overall a better duo, although I think, you know, Trayvon Diggs might at this... Uh, no, I, I can't say Trayvon Diggs is better than Bradbury. He might be better than Slay right now. Um, but uh, Gilmore and Diggs... That's a good that's a good duo. That is a good duo. Now we'll see if Gilmore slips a little bit here in 2023. He's aging just like Slay is aging uh, and Diggs is obviously younger than Bradbury. So um, you could give the age slightly to the Cowboys here, but uh, both teams have very good cornerback duos prioritizing the position here in the first week of free agency. The Cowboys did also get safety Donovan Wilson on a three year $24 million deal. Um, so uh, that's a that's a big signing for Dallas. Dallas to bring him back, and they re-signed Leighton Vander Esch, their former first-round pick, bringing him back for a two-year deal, $11 million total. Uh, Vander Esch, of course, not the player that he used to be, but had 90 tackles in 14 games for the Cowboys last season, so an important player for them to bring back. Um, they are losing center Connor McGovern. Um, he's moving on to the Buffalo Bills on a three-year, $23 million deal. So the Cowboys need to figure out uh, how to patch that hole up. And then uh, the big question at tight end, will Dalton Schultz be back? He is still out there. Tight ends, it's a rough market for tight ends here so far in free agency. There's a lot of tight ends who are out there that remain unsigned, and these guys are not getting paid at the moment. So uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, the Cowboys decided not to franchise tag him, 
Uh, he, I, I guess he could be back at tight end, but they have some younger options that I think they want to go to. Uh, so Dalton Schultz, who w- will likely move on to another team. And again, I think that's good news for the Eagles because Dalton Schultz gave the Eagles some problems uh, when they faced him over the last couple of years. Uh, those are the big moves uh, from the Cowboys. And again, you heard about a lot of those moves on the mixtape. So uh, if you want to get into the Cowboys or any of these other teams in the NFC East with a little bit more in depth, you can uh, check out RJ Ochoa and Brandon Lee Gowton on the mixtape. Uh, the New York Giants had a very busy first week. And I got to say, I like a lot of what the Giants were doing here. Uh, Getting linebacker Bobby Okereke uh, for a four-year, $40 million deal. It's big money. Um, But uh, again, here's another team in the NFC East prioritizing linebacker. And I think that's that's a good thing. And and this kid's, this guy can play. Okereke can play. Uh, That's a, that's a, that's a big contract to give to him as, uh, as uh, uh, Brian Dable continues to try and try and strengthen uh, the Giants defense and uh, looking at the offensive side of things you bring back uh, Daniel Joseph you, you commit to him for the future and uh, the Giants decided really focusing on getting him some weapons uh, to work with especially fast weapons looking for speed in the passing game one of the reasons why uh, they went out and they got tight end Darren Waller uh, from the Raiders. Waller is an outstanding tight end. He can actually line up out out wide as a wide receiver. So uh, he's not a wide receiver one. They can't transition transition him into something like that. But he is a a great player in the middle of the field. Uh, he'll give the Eagles headaches, no doubt about it, during the course of the season. He's going to have some games uh, over the next couple of years where you're going to pull your hair out. Darren Waller can absolutely play. They also re-signed uh, wide receiver Darius Slayton. He was their leading receiver, only with 724 receiving large yards last year. Um, I do think the Giants are overrating their wide receiving core just a little bit uh, with with, uh, with with Darius Slayton and a guy that they were really talking up, uh, Isaiah Hodgins, um, um, during the course of the uh, playoffs and, and all that. And he had a big game against the Vikings, but uh, there was a lot of hype around Isaiah Hodgins, and he didn't really show up in the NFC Divisional round against the Eagles. But uh, re-signing Darius Slayton and uh, bringing him back gives them some continuity there. Uh, the Giants also did go out and sign wide receiver Paris Campbell to a cheap deal. I like this deal for the Giants. One year, $3 million. Um he basically will kind of take over the Kadarius Tony role after Tony left, uh, was traded from the Giants to the Chiefs. Um, he's very fast. He's shifty. Uh, you can play him at different at different spots across the formation. Um, health has been a problem for him, but he did play a full season with the Colts in 2022. So he's not a number one. He could be a number two type guy. I still think the Giants need a true number one. They real they need their own version of an AJ Brown. Or a Devontae Smith, which is the guy they would have drafted if the Eagles hadn't jumped in front of them. You can you you just know that they're not happy about that. But um, I do think he's a, I do think Paris Campbell is a guy that if he can stay on the field uh, can be useful uh, for Brian Dayball and Daniel Jones. So uh, the Giants have a, a wide receiving core: Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, and Paris Campbell. Um, if they can get creative and then using Darren Waller in there, you've also brought back Saquon Barkley on the um, on the franchise tag. It's an. I think it's a decent offense, but it is not an elite offense. It is not an offense like the Eagles have, um, and you're just going to see that when 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 you play the Giants, right? The Giants are going to have some games. I think you know it's like a nine win, ten win offense. You know they could probably win a playoff game or two. I, I just it's it's not at the same level as what Philadelphia can run out there, and I I'm not even sure 
Well, I'm not sure where the Cowboys offense is, is going to be. C.D. Lamb took a big step this last year, but they probably need another wide receiver. And that's a big rumor going around with the Cowboys right now is, is their pursuit of another big wide receiver threat. And we'll see whether or not that comes to fruition. But um, that's a big storyline we're watching here uh, during the early stages of this offseason. So the Giants doing some nice things. Um, I, I don't think they've been able to. And, you know, the quarterback is going to hold you back there. Daniel Jones is, a, is fine, but he's not an elite quarterback. He's not a Super Bowl quarterback, and they've hitched their wagon to him. So there's, they're, they're only going to get so much uh, out, of, uh, out of Daniel Jones and that offense, I think, in, in 2023. But I think it is a little bit better. All right, finally, the Washington Commanders. Just a couple of moves for the Commanders so far here in the first week of free agency. Deron Payne, they franchise tagged him, and then they went ahead and agreed to a four-year, $90 million contract. Uh, so that, uh, of course, does away with the need for the franchise tag. That's a big that's a big signing for Washington. Their strength is their defensive line and their defense as a whole. And you definitely did not want to lose such a, a vital part of what it is that you do. So he was going to be with the with the commanders anyway with the franchise tag. But now on a four year, 90 million dollar deal, the team is happy. The player is happy. Washington, D.C. is never happy. Uh, Jacoby Brissett takes Taylor Heineke's spot on the roster, signing as a, a, a free agent deal. This is the guy I wanted the Eagles to go out and get. So it's a nice signing uh, for Washington. Now, I do think that Sam Howell is going to be given every opportunity to win the job out of training camp. And and part of the issue here with bringing in Jacoby Brissett is that if Sam Howell struggles a little bit, fans are going to be calling for... Uh, if, if Howell struggles a little bit, fans are going to be calling for Brissett to come in. And I don't know that that's the best thing for a young quarterback like like Sam Howell. Um, Brissett obviously going someplace where he feels like he's got a good chance to play and play quite a little bit. I think that's probably why I'm, I imagine Philly called, but uh, he wants a, plant, a chance to play, and he'll, he'll, he might get that in Washington, D.C. Sam Howell is, is, has no experience whatsoever, and he looked really good in that one game that he played last year. I thought he showed some things, showed some promise, but has a long way to go. And you just worry that the fan base is going to be calling for Jacoby Brissett as soon as Sam Howell falters just a little bit. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. The, 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 the commanders go in and they bring in a quality quarterback to be their number two. All right, and last but not least, let's take a look at some of the moves around the NFL and uh, a number of quarterback moves. We talked about a couple of them uh, within the division, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo goes to Las Vegas on a three-year, $67.5 million deal, $34 million guaranteed. Jimmy Garoppolo, when you're playing for the San Francisco 49ers and the defense is what it is and you've got all that talent, Jimmy G can win you some games. He got them to a Super Bowl, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sneeze at Jimmy G. He, it's not gonna work in Las Vegas, right? I mean, that's, it's not gonna work with the Raiders. I, I don't know anything that the Raiders do is ever gonna work, given how dysfunctional that organization is. But Jimmy G in Las Vegas all year round that's not a, that's not a good idea. And I just don't think that they, I mean, they've got Devontae Adams, so maybe Jimmy G can can get something out of Devontae Adams. Uh, I mean, get something out of Devontae. Devontae Adams is the, maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL. Can Devontae Adams get something out of Jimmy G is kind of really what I mean by that. But there's just, there's not a lot of talent uh, on that team right now. So that's, just don't think that's going to be a winning move. I think that's a kind of a waste of resources for Vegas. But Vegas needs a quarterback, and Jimmy G was probably the best free agent out there outside of Lamar Jackson 
who um, no, there is no movement on the Lamar Jackson front anywhere. Uh, Taylor Heineke leaves Washington to go to Atlanta. Two years, $20 million. He will compete with Desmond Ritter, I would imagine, for the starting job. I, I think Desmond Ritter deserves the opportunity to start the season as the starter. But kind of like in Washington, if Ritter struggles, like it's they're going to be calling for Taylor Heineke because I think Atlanta is putting together a pretty good team. They're, they're adding some pieces defensively. I think in an NFC South that is completely up for grabs, Atlanta is probably my pick right now. And I think Desmond Ritter has more talent than Taylor Heineke, but Heineke as a backup can win you some games if your starting quarterback gets hurt. I just, again, feel like if Ritter struggles for a few games here and there, Heineke, the calls are going to be loud for him to come in and uh, take over the starting job, which is not great for developing a young quarterback. Uh, Baker Mayfield heads to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Quite a bit of a drop-off from uh, Tom Brady these last few years to to Baker Mayfield. Uh, Gardner Minshew, as we mentioned, goes to Indianapolis. And um, we are all, of course, waiting for the official announcement of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. I know he came out on the Pat McAfee show and said, that's where I want to play. That's my intention. That's where I want to go. Trade hasn't happened yet. It will, of course, happen at some point. But when? We don't know. The Green Bay Packers have all the leverage in the world right now. They can just wait this out because they know know they're going with Jordan Love next year. I'm very curious to see what he's going to look like. They don't have to do this. I mean, mean, they, they do and they will, but they don't have to do it anytime soon. So we're all kind of waiting with bated breath for Aaron Rodgers to go to the Jets and and like Brett Favre to the New York Jets before him, it just feels like a disaster waiting to happen, doesn't it? I mean, I don't I don't know how much I mean Aaron Rodgers is is a fine quarterback still, but he's not the guy he used to be and if that's what the Jets are is it better than Zach Wilson? Absolutely. And I get why the Jets are doing it. I just I just don't necessarily think it's going to work and that division is loaded with the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to get, well, let's get to that here in just a second. We'll talk about what some of the other teams around the NFL are doing. Uh, Javon Hargrave, of course, goes to the 49ers on a four-year, $84 million deal. The Eagles just could not afford that. Uh, So he will move on to San Francisco, maybe the Eagles' biggest threat in the NFC, further bolstering a defensive line, which really did need a second alpha. You know, you've got Bosa on the one side, and he just sucked up so much of the oxygen and the sack totals and everything else. If you were able to handle Bosa, you could largely handle the rest of the 49ers defensive line, as we saw the Eagles do in the NFC Championship game. Can't do that with Hargrave in the middle. You know, 11 sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 16 quarterback hits, and they were legit. Like, Javon Hargrave is doing that. That's not a matter of the quarterback having to be flushed up forward in the pocket and all of a sudden smack dab in Javon Hargrave's arms. Those 11 sacks and 10 tackles for losses and 16 quarterback hits, those were legit star-making plays for Javon Hargrave. That being said, Hargrave is going to be, he's in his 30s now. I think the Eagles got the very best of what Javon Hargrave had to offer these last few years, and we'll probably start to see the downslope a little bit. It's just a matter of whether or not he has one or two more years of top productivity let that left that the 49ers can can take advantage of and so um he'll he'll get he'll he'll be in a in a defensive line next to next to Bosa and Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead um it's a it's a dynamic defensive front that has made the 49ers a lot better not ideal if you are an Eagles fan uh, I really like what the Bears have done here in the first week of free agency um 
getting DJ Moore in a trade, um, trading down from number one overall, huge for Justin Fields. And I think Fields is going to take a big leap forward this season. Um, DJ Moore can play. Man, he, that guy can absolutely play. And getting Justin Fields an actual weapon on the outside is a monster deal. To move down from number one where you didn't need that pick and to get you know to stay high in the first round and get a player like that, beautiful move. Beautiful move by Chicago there. Uh, they also signed linebacker Tremaine Edmonds um, to go along with TJ Edwards. So the, 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 the Bears obviously focusing on linebacker here early on, replacing Rokon Swift, who they traded last season. Um, I think that's a, I think those are all super solid moves for Chicago, who is spending money like crazy here so far in the offseason. Kaiser White goes to Jonathan Gannon's Cardinals. Goodbye, Kaiser White. Uh, we won't miss you too much here in Philadelphia. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals get Chiefs offensive tackle Orlando, tackle Orlando Brown on a four-year, $64 million deal. A much-needed move by Cincinnati to protect Joe Burrow. That's been their big Achilles heel. When Joe Burrow has time to throw, he's one of the most effective quarterbacks in the NFL. All of the advanced data spells that out. Uh, but the problem is that too many times, and we saw it in the AFC Championship game last year, it was just too easy to get to him. Uh, the Chiefs were all over him in that in that in AFC Championship game. But uh, getting Orlando Brown Jr., a big deal for Cincinnati, and, and the deal is fine. You know, it's, it's a lot of money for a guy who's in his 30s, but uh, it's a move the Cincinnati Bengals had to make. Um, the Bengals did lose a couple of uh, a couple of players in safeties, Jesse Bates and Vaughn Bell, and they'll have to, you know, they I think they have a they have one young guy that they can move in there, but they're going to have to make up for one of those guys uh, in free agency or in the draft. Miles Sanders leaves the Philadelphia Eagles. He gets a big money deal with the Carolina Panthers, four years, twenty five million dollars. I'll be very curious to see what he does with Deuce Staley as the uh as an offensive coach for uh, uh for Carolina um Miles Sanders played very well with Deuce Staley as his running backs coach in Philadelphia and I know that Miles Sanders numbers dropped quite a bit when Jalen Hurts wasn't in there when it was Gardner Minshew uh taking some of the pressure off of uh when it was Gardner not being able to take some of the pressure off Miles Sanders had a little bit more trouble finding some running room so uh we'll see whether or not Carolina regrets that four years and 25 million dollars uh David Montgomery leaving the Bears to go to the Lions Uh, I've seen some I've seen both sides of that um Detroit's offense is going to be super hyped going into this year. But um, you could make the argument that they should have just kept Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams got less um, moving on uh, than, uh, than than the uh, Lions did paying David Montgomery. And Jamal Williams had 17 touchdowns last year. So I'm not exactly sure what it is, why Detroit decided they wanted to, to make that switch. Um, but the Lions also signed cornerback Cameron Sutton um, to pair him with Jeff Okuda. So that strengthens their secondary. And that's really where the Lions need a lot of help is on defense. The offense is going to be out of this world. Provide Jared Goff doesn't crater. But Jared Goff really played well last year with Detroit, and I think that's going to continue again in 2023. I, I think the Chiefs have had a very underwhelming first week of free agency. Um, they didn't want to re-sign Orlando Brown Jr., and I get that. Um, the Bengals, you know, he was demanding $23 million a year from Kansas City before the start of last year, before free agency. He only ends up getting $16 million a year from Cincinnati, but um, 
they didn't want to spend $23 million in Orlando Brown, but decided to spend $20 million a year on Juwan Taylor, who is okay, but kind of, you know, with the Jaguars was kind of up and down. And he's going to be changing positions, moving over to left tackle. He had been playing at right tackle, which, as we know from the Andre Dillard saga, is not exactly the same thing. There are some guys who can do that. There are some guys who won't. So you're you're paying Juwan Taylor $3 million less a year than you would have paid uh, Orlando Brown, but you're also asking him to change positions. We'll see if that comes back to bite them or not. Uh, they also lost Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency to New England. I think New England overpaid for Juju Smith-Schuster, so I so, so I get it. Um, and you're, I, I would imagine the Chiefs are thinking that Sky Moore will be able to do a little bit more in his second season, but uh, they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to do something else at wide receiver. So the Chiefs right now struggling a little bit, I think, here in the first week of free agency. Finally, I think the Miami Dolphins have had an outstanding first week of free agency. Uh, they traded for Jalen Ramsey, only had to give up a third round pick and a tight end to do it, uh, and re-signed Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert at running back. Also signed linebacker David Long. This is a team that is loading up. I think the Dolphins' days of being an also-ran and being second fiddle to the Bills, it might be over. The, the, the Dolphins... Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Tua Tagovailoa, but Tua really came on, really showed me something last year. I never thought he'd be this good. I think Josh Allen is still the better quarterback, but Josh Allen is also more volatile. Tua has to stay on the field. That's the big question mark with Tua is can he stay healthy? Can he avoid the concussions? Can he avoid the injuries that really that really hampered him last season? And we'll see if, uh, if that's the case here in 2023. So look, folks, a very busy first week of free agency with the Eagles and around the NFL. And it's not done yet. There's still lots of good players out there and there's going to be more trades. More players are going to be released as teams try to get their cap numbers down. And then of course, after the draft, there will be more players released then too. Remember that's when the Eagles got Bradbury and that's when they traded for CJ GJ. So just because you didn't do anything here in the first week of free agency doesn't mean that the off season ha- has been a waste or that it's over. The Eagles have had a very, very busy, maybe the busiest team during the first week, first week of free agency and kudos to Howie Roseman for getting so much done and bringing enough of the band back together that you feel like they're not going to fall apart in 2023 from a defensive standpoint. And who knows, maybe Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is able to come back in 2023 and beyond. That's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Again, just a reminder to continue to check out bleedinggreennation.com every day and check out all of the other podcasts we have for you here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Eye on the Enemy. B-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.